0: I think, you know, especially in my space of marketing, I think it's really important for even me as somebody who specializes in content marketing, who's always, you know, know, I've got my head around how we need to do things. I'm still too close to my business to make good calls about that. So I do run my content uh, past other people and ask for critical feedback uh, because I'm gonna get a better result.
1: Welcome to Laugh Lonely Podcast Show Season 2, Simplify Your Systems to Amplify Your Results. I am JC Jeanette Cremore. I interview amazing guests to hear their stories and we share practical advice to plan and implement your business projects. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi listeners, today I have with me Mel Telects. Oh. Come on, Mel. What is it? Mel Telesikin. And where are you from? Loyalist. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, everyone. She's already online. You know how individuals and businesses find it difficult to publish articles on social media with consistency? Yeah, and I'm one of them. Um, well, it's largely what they do. They do this through their Cover All Bases content marketing service, which is, name suggest, takes care of all the mediums such as websites, multi-social media platforms email campaigns and much more mel has clients across australia which include leading firms in law accounting architecture project management and engineering mel and her team are on a mission to help professional services firms boost their visibility and scale their reputation i was fortunate to meet mel um last year or might be even two years ago now no
0: i think it's two or three years
1: ago now wow Um, And we have something in common that just really, we're actually both from the same area. And we mentioned Woodgate, which is a beachside suburb, uh, just around the area of Bundaberg. And uh, so, yeah, so Mel and I have a bit of uh, history, but we really don't know one another. So I'm so grateful that you're here today, Mel. Thanks for joining.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it really is a small world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Brisbane now, but you're in, uh, you're in
1: Melbourne, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Melbourne and you're so, in Brisbane. That's it. Yeah, but, yeah. So, if anyone wants to look up Woodgate, they can do a Google map search and find Woodgate. It's a beautiful beach. but it's pretty special. But um, we don't want everyone going there because that way then it might get, uh, we give yeah, away our little secret. How many people know
0: about it? It's pretty <laughs> special. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be careful when you find your secret spots, hey? Yeah.
1: Mel, I love where you've come from and the difference that you're making with businesses. Can you give us a little bit more of a background than the intro and really what excites you about what you do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the important thing, well, right back in terms of career, I I was a primary school teacher initially. And um, so you may or may not have known that, JC, but I was a primary school teacher for a number of years. And then in 2009, I, uh, I opened a restaurant business. So it was very much a passion project. And then out of that business, came a marketing business because we had been able to build up our database and we were able to really build up that business because it went up and down and up and down, build up that business through marketing efforts. And so, yeah, off the back of that business, after selling that, we became a marketing agency that specialised in, you know, helping people build databases and marketing automation, things like that. And then since then, we've really, um, I guess, evolved and grown into um, what we are today, which is, you know, a full digital marketing agency. But our, I guess, specialty and our area of focus for the next couple of years, because as it has been the last 12 months, is really driving, um, helping professional services businesses uh, lift their visibility, boost their visibility and scale their already great reputations. Um, and so I guess, you know, the exciting thing for me, the, the most exciting thing, and I think this actually connects back to the, I guess, the teaching career side of things, is that if I can help someone, understand something that they didn't understand before then that just really lights me up so in this in this marketing side of things and helping professional services is that I believe that I'm really in the business of giving people clarity and you know when you're talking about marketing and then you know marketers we can be perceived to be you know like used car salesmen and and oftentimes people you know doubt marketers and and don't feel confident that they're really Selling them what is needed and will have an impact. So, um, what excites me is when we're able to give people real and visible evidence before we actually formally start working with them and helps them understand why certain marketing initiatives may not have worked for them in the past, uh, what they might want to rethink in the moment or rejig currently, the the things they've got in play, and then to be able to show them what opportunities exist for them. So, yeah, that definitely lights me up. and, And I guess probably recently. It was a client said to me, they you know, gave me this feedback and it was that, you know, in a 20 minute video that you showed us through, we've been able to understand more than we've ever understood in the last five, 10 years in marketing. So, you know, yeah, I firmly believe that we're about giving people clarity um, about next steps. So uh, that excites me 100%. Yeah,
1: and I love the connection back to teaching. I think once a teacher, always a teacher, that passion of learning and helping others Um, enhance their skills and become better individuals I think that's a real deep connection that I don't think we ever lose definitely so today for me it's about using that digital marketing um, function uh, for small to medium-sized businesses and we all need it Um, there's not one of us that don't need it but I really wanted to understand a little bit about how your business works with their clients because I'm trying to help small to medium-sized businesses to think that every time they go through change, they actually need to do it in a structured manner, no matter what they call that. They can call it their list of tasks, they can call it a project, but it's really about when something's changing. So when you're working with your clients, do you have a certain pattern of work? Do you use a project style or how do you go about making sure that your client's get what they're looking for?
0: So I guess we, we look at three key things. We look at uh, CX, GA, and SEO, and I'm gonna explain those for you. Thank you. <laughs> we, yeah, <laughs> we look at C, now this first one is perceived as fluffy, but hear me out. CX is client or customer experience. That's what we look at often first. And we also look at BA, which is Google Analytics, which tells us uh, a whole lot of things. It tells us what's happening in terms of traffic to the site, when people are visiting, all that sort of information. And the third one is SEO, which is search engine optimization. And so if someone was to work with us, typically what we do in our first, um, I guess first stage you might want to call it, is is to do is to do a walkthrough of their Google Analytics. So basically looking at all the traffic that is coming to the site and let's say historically over the last 12 months or or you know two years. Um, Have a look at where things have worked in terms of those marketing initiatives previously. Um, What what how things are going currently with with the marketing initiatives that are in play, Um, and then basically from there we can then deduce what's not working, what could what opportunities lie there. So it might be that you know you've got a lot of traffic coming into your site. They see at like midnight between midnight and two o'clock in the morning. Um, So what are we doing about that? Because no one can. Call you during that time. Call the office. Um, they're probably not going to write, you know, e- send an email to you and ask for help. So, what you know, activities could take place on that site to help um, drive, you know, the lead in while they're at that, you know, that juncture. I guess. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, basically, that just gives you a plan, a pathway forward. And so, for us, that means, you know, some of those uh, recommendations on what needs to happen. Um, you know, might not be something that we offer. So then we pass that on to, to people that we know and trust that can deliver that for the client. Um, so, but but I guess, you know, second to that, um, and we don't always do this with clients, but we do something called CX, Customer Experience optimization, or CXO. And basically that's about working with teams to have a look at the current state of how clients come through your business. So from the funnel, so from leads through to actually committing to work with you, uh, then there's the next phase which is about delivery. So actually delivering the product or service that you offer, and mapping that out, and then what happens at the end of that when that's complete, you know potentially to drive more repeat business or referral business. And so that's a um, that's a, that's an activity that that the world's biggest businesses use, and my clients and, and a lot of small businesses are leaning towards now because um, it's an activity that can involve your whole team or parts of your team and collaboratively everyone can map out how things are currently and identify opportunities from there and then take steps to, to generate new ideas for how to I guess plug the gaps where there's opportunities for potential clients to drop out or how you could potentially optimize the way your service is being delivered currently. So um, there's a lot in there, but that's basically how uh, how we work. But anyone can look at their own Google Analytics account and they can do a review of it. We just do it with you know a lot of detail and, and give people recommendations for what we think should happen next.
1: Yeah, because it's part of a holistic view of interaction, isn't it? It's not just one interaction it's a lot of different yeah. um, data and dynamics to to do that work though when you're running your own business do you use a project format to manage that workload or do you have a certain technique that your team go about ensuring that from the start to finish everyone gets what they need to do, they need to do.
0: yeah yeah so we've um we've actually been reworking and streamlining our processes in in preparation for onboarding some new project managers of our own or account managers um, so yeah we we everything is done using gantt charts with conditions so we were looking to use FreeCamp, or we played around with FreeCamp for a while because we originally started in trello uh, super straightforward uh, trello and now we're using asana with um, with a lot of automation to help um, allocate tasks obviously based per projects we have a lot of repetition in that we've got a method that we use with our clients for certain services and then we um yeah, we're using Asana to, to map that out, to make sure that nothing is missed, to make sure that client touch points are always maintained and, and they need to be personalised as well. So even though we're using automation, we're doing using things like canned responses or templates and then tailoring that um, mm-hmm. to come from you know project managers through to clients so that, um, yeah, it's not all impersonal um, and, you know, problematic. So we want to reduce as much friction as possible. And look, it's working really well. Um, everything seems to be uh, going nicely, but we're still, you know, continuously optimizing.
1: Yeah. And that's so a couple of things I picked up there is that you have some of your engagement, your clients have got a pattern. There is a like a project pattern that you can repeat over and over again. And it's mm-hmm. about ensuring that you optimize that pattern. But then you've got yeah. other types of engagements which are quite Specific and um, defined as a unique set of tasks, but you're yeah. using systems um, that allow you to um, track progress and to ensure people are doing the right thing at the right time um, to get delivery across the line. So, yeah, yeah, one of the things I've been helping people understand that the word project isn't a scary thing. It's um, we all have projects in our lives, and I'm just your industry in particular, you know social media, digital presence, all that. Every business needs that as an ingredient, but they're actually should be managing them and planning them as projects. Yeah. Not not this ad hoc approach. Because when you do an ad hoc approach, um, they could be working on the wrong thing at the wrong time. So oh, the fact that absolutely. you've got this yeah.
0: Throwing out timelines, you know, people not getting things done. It's just I think as a as a manager in whatever you know industry or you're in. It's just, um, and, you know, I think this is a personality thing too for me. I, I, can't, I can't rest if I don't know where everything's at. Mm. You know? So, you know, having it organised um, and having everybody, you know, picking off tasks and all of that being been um, visible, um, I think just creates a sense of calm, not just for me, but for everybody, right? You can go, okay, no, I'm definitely doing, I've done what I need to do and it's not going to hamper the, the rest of the timeline, Um Because there's nothing quite like nothing, nothing worse than um um, being behind schedule um, where it could have been avoided. You know, there'll always be external factors we can't control. But um, if you can manage it from the get go and give yourself that time to set it up properly in the beginning, um, game changing.
1: Absolutely. But then I'm I'm a planner so and an implementer so that comes natural to me.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It took me a while. I mean, I've always been a planner, but I guess not to the degree I am now. And, um, you know, and, and look, for me, it's been about bringing in an expert, it's about bringing somebody in who knows exactly what they're doing, um, found the gaps in our systems and our, pro- our system and our processes. Um, some things really obvious, mm. you know, Jeanette, some things were super obvious, um, but I couldn't, you know, see the forest for the trees. It was like, okay, great. Sometimes you just need fresh eyes on what you're doing. Um And then also too, you know, some of the things that we were doubling up on, or um, you know, really could be automated, um, takes the pressure off the human, um, and um, you know, why not do it if it makes sense and it's not going to impact the, the yeah.
1: Experience. Side note to that, I just had a moment this morning where I was with the client on a Zoom call, and she was saying that she wanted to understand the revenue coming in for her different. Um, types of uh, practices and i said well can i have a look at how you use zero now like Mm. anyway the bookkeeper that she was working with only had one account code and i said well let's let's create two account codes and you can then allocate the invoices to the practice Mm. i'm sure when i check in with her next week (laughs) it will blow their mind about their different reporting Totally. mechanism views and that just so that's why I think your your point about external when you're in your business sometimes you don't get to see these simple adjustments that can make a huge difference so I love that point about forest and the trees mm-hmm.
0: yeah mm-hmm. I think you know especially in my space of marketing I think it's really important for even me as somebody who specializes in content marketing who's always you know i you know I've got my head around how we need to do things I'm still too close to my business to make good calls about that. So I do run my content uh, past other people and ask for critical feedback uh, because I'm going to get a better result if somebody else with those fresh eyes gives me insight. I can pick and choose what I agree with and don't agree with, but, um, you know, it it makes the world of difference in terms of being able to get a better result. Yeah,
1: yeah, love it. So with us um, going digital... Um, and we have been going digital, I think, since about the 80s from my memory, 1980, for those that were not born last century. Um, that's my recollection of when I started to get involved in digital was 80, in, the, in the 1980s. So. But recently, more recently, we have to focus on that. Otherwise, we don't have a presence or people don't know about us. So what's some three things that you think we should be focusing on when the business is deciding, oh, we need to be digital?
0: I think I sort of, I jumped ahead because I, I had my notes here and those three things I mentioned before, CXGA and SEO. So customer experience mapping, planning, you know, mapping things out. Um, uh, I think that's really important. And, to, you know, there's some, a lot of information out there about how to do customer experience mapping or customer journey mapping. Um, and it's it's just super powerful. Like any business that I've done, that with before even going digital that just tells you where to focus first you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because the reality is there will always be areas for improvement we know that but it's like okay well let's do this activity and then actually take it a step further get some client confirmation client feedback which is a step that people tend to forget and don't do Uh, but when you get that feedback from sort of ideal clients then you're able to really Narrow down and not get distracted on which avenues you you might want to take. I think the a, another thing to add to that is it's super important not to just get excited by social media. A lot of social media is brilliant, and a lot of people give it a heck of a lot of time. It's just wasteful. You've got to think about you know is it that you just like the idea of being visible on social? Um, are you the right people to be doing it? Um, you know that's I guess the other side of things. Um, because you can people I know have wasted a lot of time on social media because they see other people there they see their competitors there they see other industries doing really well and that's actually a good thing it's good to see what different industries are doing but you got to be careful you really figure out whether that is a worthwhile initiative and and you know maybe it's part of a bigger plan and it's not just you know the core focus it's actually at the back of some other things um, the other, I guess, the third thing that I probably didn't explain is to actually do something called an SEO audit. So get your website audited, um, have a look at, <clears throat> excuse me, how it could be optimised in terms of things like page speed and, um, you know, the copywriting, the word being tweaked to match with particular search terms, uh, key phrases, things like that. Um, but also to start, you know, just to optimise things there before... Um, you look to be driving a whole lot of traffic to your site in terms of paid traffic. Um, A lot of people go to paid um, ads and things like that, which definitely have value. But if you don't have a few other things in play to help capture those leads effectively, you know, sort of like I was talking about, you know, if the bulk of your traffic or is a significant portion of your traffic coming in the middle of the night, you know, how what are you doing or what's happening on that site at that point in time to, Mm. to leverage that. Um, you know there's a there's a few things there. So yeah, SEO audits super you know super helpful and then from there you can do things like keyword you know planning um, research to to figure out what um, your ideal clients are looking for online, what they're typing into Google when they're looking for a solution like yours. And that, that's just not anybody but the type of people who will pay you for your services.
1: Yeah, so important. and the thing that I picked up mostly there is, although we can look at the detail of the digital experience you know the cx and the ga and the seo for all those little acronyms it's about the bigger picture it's about yeah. your why 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 are you doing this what's your brand really about who are your clients um how yeah so i that's i love that 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 bit that i picked up of your conversation there
0: yeah, I think you'll see if you've ever come across any marketing courses, um, lots of people will have seen that that's the first step. You've got to figure out if you've got multiple services, which service are you looking to drive? Where's the opportunity in terms of the services you offer? Do you, is there enough market out there to warrant focusing on, you know, that one particular service? Do we have the capacity to take on, you know, the volume of clients? you've got to weigh up a few things which one is going to be most uh, um, beneficial business wise and you know income wise Um, and then and then once you've done that yeah the the focus is about figuring out who those people are what interests them what drives them you know intent to purchase how can we reach them and educate them that we are the right people for that um, Mm. service or product they need so that's at the core of everything marketing I guess you know, I'm thinking sort of next level in terms of, um, you know, what you can do practically to get some evidence-based insight into what's going on.
1: Yeah. And great tips. Those three that I said, you know, that you indicated um, are are brilliant places to practically do. And we're talking today in amongst our COVID situation here in Australia and the world and, We actually have to be working differently.
0: We do. Um,
1: You and I, we were talking earlier on how uh, we're used to working from home and we have our own business, so we've had to adapt. Yeah, do, adapt, change, suffer, learn. Um, Mm -hmm. But what's something we should all be aware of when we're looking to change the way we work? And so if we are moving to a more of a digital presence, is there something else that we should be doing to change the way that we work when we're moving a lot of our conversations digitally or online or our interactions with our customers?
0: Yeah, I think I've got a couple of things. Um, I think the first one is for many people is to not be afraid of the technology. I've been hearing a lot of people say to me um, in the last week or so, oh Mel, I'm, not, I'm so not techie or I'm not technical. Um, and they're really talking themselves out of it and I'm constantly saying, well, you know what? You totally are, and you're totally able to. Um, You've just got to be careful about your mindset. And I know that's a really simple thing to say, but we're in, like, if, you know, out of all the times, you know, out of all the years that this could have happened and so many of us needing to move, meetings to online, the technology is so user-friendly. It's, there really is no barrier to entry other than, you know, decent internet connection. So... um, think you just got to be careful of your mindset and go you know what absolutely I can do this and if I don't get it right the first time then I'm going to sort it out and you know what people are going to be okay about that no one's going to uh, I don't think look at you poorly or you know um, change their perception of you if you're having trouble with technology as you get your head, head around things um, because we're all in the same boat so you know this is quite the leveler this um, COVID-19 we're all uh, being affected in some way whether it's you know health or um, you know everyone's f- feeling very vulnerable uh, i think in lots of different ways so um yeah i think people are going to be super accepting as we all come to grips with how things have to change um mm. i guess pre-covid 19 the thing that i had noted down when i when your questions came through Jessie, <laughs> was, Yeah, things change in a couple of don't weeks they, don't they, don't they? <laughs> um but i'm going to include this because I think it's really powerful, and I probably am not going to do it justice, but I'm going to give you some, I guess, a link to where people can find mm. information about it. And um, I, this is a personal thing, from, I guess, because we all work differently and we have different habits, good and bad, but for me um, is this concept that I came across in a book called The Big Leap, written by a gentleman named Gay Hendricks. Do you know it, Jay? See?
1: No, I haven't. I'll, I'll note that on my no. website when I put your um, show notes up.
0: Yeah, so I was actually recommended this book to me. Uh, someone recommended it to me when I was in a bookshop, actually, for for a book signing for something else. And she said to me, oh, we were talking about um, how to use your time effectively and and how you should be working on the high value activities in your business or your role only, and delegating, and how that can be really challenging sometimes. But in there, there was a um, there was a chapter, um, and it's called living in Einstein time, and I've listened to this chapter in on Audible a few times over, and I'm going to continue to. Um, but, yeah, it's the concept of living in Einstein time, and it's about basically the concept is about changing your conception of time and centred on the truth that we are where time comes from. Now, it sounds woo-woo, and <laughs> bear with mm, me, yeah, right? Yeah. But basically it's about developing a harmonious relationship with time. It's about reducing stress and freeing up time for creative thinking. And um, and can I tell you, when I've been when I've changed my mindset on this, I have been able to achieve what the author Gay Hendricks suggests you can feel, and that is to not feel hurried, to actually feel more productive and more creative, and have an increased sense of enjoyment in your work. Now, I love the work I do, so there's no worry about mm. that. But I think it's about reducing that stress and actually feeling like you have enough time. So I highly mm. recommend it. Um, I'll give you the chapter. Sorry, I don't have the chapter number there um, with me, but um, I'll share that with you and you can maybe put it in the mm. show notes. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's a great book um, and it's not something I would normally read because I probably would have given up on it early on because there's a little bit of worry stuff in the beginning, but um, really worthwhile. And um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because when I first started reading it, I didn't think I would persist and, and this has been, yeah, a game changer for me. Yeah,
1: mindset. It's 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 always the way, isn't it? When we're looking to change something about either what we believe or how we work, it's about mindset, having that positive attitude of, yes, we can do it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's even more than being positive because it's really because positive fluctuates, right? It's like I guess it's like creating that new habit and mm. and trying to, and I'm not using the right words, but, you know, change the pathways in our brain so that it becomes our default way of thinking. Um, that's in, intriguing me at the moment because, um, you know, we can't be, I don't think our, our best in, in business and, and life without having some sort of control over the way our brain defaults.
1: Oh, um, yeah. I had, I had to have yesterday, off I was exhausted I was exhausted Mm. from the emotional um energy that was around me I was um confused in my thinking it wasn't clear and it was a clear sign to me that I just wasn't aligned I just wasn't right and I had Mm. to have a a default or a defib day whatever the word is Mm. on just to to be and um and yeah so for me powerful yeah it is quite powerful that's
0: like a reset right yeah it's and and it's sometimes i don't know about you but sometimes if i have those those um days or half days i feel guilty for having them and i think that's becoming less of an issue for me going forward it's like okay you know what i need to rearrange my day these things i can't change but these things can wait and i need to give myself that time
1: Mm, absolutely and i'm getting better at that as well the the little ego pops up every now and again, and goes, Oh, are you worthy of having a day off? <laughs> You've got so much to do. And I went, Oh, go away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's interesting too. Something that you may or may not want to include in the, in the interview, but I've just been thinking a lot about um, my work habits and because I love the work that I do, I can work, you know, 14, 16 hour days without like any worry because I love it and I'm, you know, fully immersed in it. But, um, when I don't need to, I need to get out of that habit because I tend to sort of almost get on a wheel of like, well, that's just how I operate. So if I haven't done that 14, 16-hour days or 12-hour days or whatever, have I really done what I need to do to keep moving? And so, you know, once you set the new norm, you've got to be careful to go, actually, no,
1: hmm.
0: no I have to remind myself that an eight-hour day is more yeah. than enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've... with. um my granddaughter coming into my life last year, it's really changed the way mm. I was always kind of a seven day a week planner. Anyway, I really didn't segment my mm. Monday to Friday, but now I'm deliberately trying to keep my Thursdays free. as kind of a bit of a pattern to there, my days mm. out with my girls and how can I reset and refocus and just be without the, the you know, the chaos of thinking and doing um, every day yeah. of my life because, uh, yeah, it is about integration for me. Um, so, yeah.
0: Mm, totally. And my goal for my business is that uh, we become a four day a week business. Um, so we work Monday to Thursday, that's the goal. And I think that'll be good yes. for my people. And so Friday is always a non work day. Um, you know, we've done a little bit of forecasting around that, still need some work, but I think. You know, if we can achieve that, I think that's going to be great for um, for everybody. I mean, people don't need us on a Friday necessarily because normally they're wrapping up what they need to get done. That's just my experience in my business. But um, we're looking to move to that model. I've been able to take a Friday every second, Friday off from midday, a half day every, every fortnight. And that's been a big shift. Um, yeah. But you know mind you sometimes those half day fridays are actually because i've done you know 14 hour days monday Tuesday, you <laughs> but you know it's a win we're still considering that a win yep <laughs> yep
1: absolutely and, and it is jumping into goals i I, re, I wanted to ask you do you have any goals this year that as i said the situation <laughs> we're in now maybe our goals but i think we still all need to have goals otherwise you just Wander and without any purpose and direction, other than the four days a week for your professional goals in your business, do you have any others and do you have any personal goals that you've set yourself?
0: Yeah, so this year um, I set three key goals. Um, and I, to be honest, they're the ones that I've stuck to the most out of all previous years. So, you know, progress mm-hmm. again. Um, the first one is for me to become absolutely a numbers person. Um, I did another podcast recently with um with somebody about this because I did her financial literacy training. And while I've always known about my numbers and been aware of where things stand, this was about taking things, um, I guess, with more detail. So a lot of so creating a financial reporting routine, cash flow forecasting, knowing where everything is um, on a weekly or a fortnightly or a monthly basis, different, different reports, different things. Mm-hmm. Um, that had never been part of my routine. It is now. And it's just in terms of strategizing particular things in my business, that is, is, um, is changing everything. Um, and it's giving me additional clarity about what we're doing going forward. Um, so, yes, yeah, so this year is about the year of becoming the numbers person. I am a numbers person. Um, and the second thing is about yes, optimising our process and system um, and we're about 50% there on that. So that's um, that's good. And then personally, um, my goal is to optimise my health. Um, mm. Yeah, I've got a couple of things going on that, you know, are little niggly things. They're not big deal things. Um, but I guess I've sort of just kept putting those things off and going, oh, that's just the way it is. It's okay. And I need to do something about that. So I've been uh, doing a whole bunch of things to start the year. So I figured that if I'm in the healthiest state i can be for my age then it's obviously great for me it's great for my family my business and my clients um and without that we're all nothing as we know it's, it's interesting because it's such a over, it's such a used phrase right without your health you've got nothing or your health is your wealth and it's mm. amazing how little focus we give it um how how we don't prioritize ourselves and yet i guess the most the highest performers the, the most successful people have very you know are as disciplined with their own personal health as they are with their business and their careers and, and everything else in their life. So that's a big one for me.
1: Yeah, good on you. And good on you having that clarity. I love the numbers thing. I'm a numbers person. Mm, yeah, um, and um, numbers and systems go hand in hand for me because numbers are just data. They're just bits of information. And yeah, so I, I love that. Oh, I could talk forever about numbers and systems, Yeah. Uh, but I won't.
0: Oh, Jackie! Um, I understand finally why people say numbers are actually sexy. Like I, I did an internal eye roll when I was <laughs> previously, and now I totally get it. So I
1: hear it, it is, especially when you have the magic of a spreadsheet and you can change a number, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. everything else changes. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah,
0: yeah, I and the sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't create the algorithms. I leave that to somebody who does that really well because, you know, a bad algorithm just you know, gives you dodgy numbers. So I leave that to the experts. But, yeah, otherwise I'm checking in.
1: Yeah, um, yeah we've got to laugh at these times. Um, and, yeah, it's it's pretty – there's a lot of um, energy around us at the moment and we can be either sucked into it or, um, you yeah, know continue on our own path of – uh, looking at things through our own lens you're a businesswoman you have a family you have employees you have clients you've got all this going on in your life how do you get time for you
0: <laughs> yeah um so this goes back to the time thing I was talking about that Gay Hendricks book so it's been about shifting things so I'm getting better at not working every evening um in the last two maybe three years I've been booking in our weekly hour week-long family holidays so we do four of them across a year now um, at Woodgate, as you know Um, and so I've been told that for a few years you've got to book that in at the beginning of the year that's not negotiable no one can book any online meetings with you do it do it do it Um, and even you know in trying to transition to that um, you know cancelled a few early on but now we've definitely got that so we have our four weeks a year spread out and that's now non-negotiable so that's really important uh, how do I get time for me? Um, I I use an app called Calm. I don't know if you've heard of it.
1: You yep. use techno? Oh, the Calm, the meditation the one. Meditation
0: app, yes. Yes.
1: To, Isn't it brilliant?
0: I love it. I listen to the sleep yes. stories before bed. Um, you know, pretty much every night, and that's just excellent because it just helps just switch off. Um, so that's my time for me. And then I've been doing um, some uh, morning. Um, meditation as well when I wake up uh, instead of just you know slamming down a coffee first thing <laughs> I've changed that routine and I have you now a bit of water and do meditation and then you know slam the coffee after that
1: <laughs> coffee slam
0: yeah <laughs> that's, it. that's it it's vital <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much it um, and you know look I think it comes down to how things work for you at home you know not everyone's in the same situation I'm really fortunate that I'll say to my husband you know can you you know, look after our son, I need to go now and I need to get out for a walk. And that's when I listen to an audiobook or a podcast. Um, and it's interesting. That's the first thing that slips is that me time. So mm. it's um, it's almost got to be scheduled in like everything else is in our calendar. Like it's a not negotiable, it's blocked out and it can't be moved. Um, but, you know, that's something I'm continuing to work on. It's still not something I've mastered.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not great headed either, but I teach other people to do their week ahead Mm -hmm. um, on a Sunday and it's about having that time blocked out for them um, and, you know, their family and their work or slash business, whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. I find when you get into that habit of looking at your week ahead and blocking out their times, it becomes um, just like you mentioned earlier, a habit. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, so well done.
0: Can I I add to that? Someone introduced to me a while ago the concept of mapping out your calendar across a week and you sort of use the red, blue, black, green blocking. Have you heard Mm -hmm.
1: of that? I don't use those colours. I use purples, oranges, greens, all the bright stuff.
0: Yeah, because I think I was in a mindset at one stage of going, oh, I've got no time for me, I've got no time for me. And actually then what I did is green indicates sort of home, like family time Mm -hmm. or non-work time. And so, actually, putting that into the calendar, you can actually see all this green space and go, well, actually, you know what? I am getting a lot of this time. I know I feel busy, and maybe my mind is not where it needs to be in that green time. But look, we actually do have downtime, you know, because yeah. when you just feel hurried or when you feel, all you can see is the stuff that you're committed to in a calendar. When that mm. green appears there, it just, for me, it's just the, it's just makes me apparent that no things
1: are fine still getting that time um yeah yeah I agree and it's one of the things that I um, teach in my one of my eating your elephant workshops it's about having that integration of your life because I'm not a I don't subscribe to the word balance I think balance was Mm. our first attempt at trying to get integration but I really think life is now integrating all the things that are important to you and not feeling guilty when might one might get more attention than the other now, because that's what you need to do now, you know, and, and right. it will all you know, work out at the end. So, yeah, I love that. And I'm good on you for having your um, colors because yeah. I use colors all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that was game changing for me when I was introduced to that concept that, you know, I wasn't having any black time. So in that code, it was strategy. It was all just about client delivery and strategy was sort of in my own time and so now that's blocked out as well and um, I guess it's that creative uh, thinking time that, that that chapter in that book refers to is having that time just to not necessarily plot things but actually just open up your mind to opportunities. And
1: I could talk to you forever because um, we haven't even tapped into half of your incredible insights that I learnt when I hang out hung out with you one day at a coffee shop in Brisbane, um, for listeners that want to know how how best to get in touch with you or your team to tap into some of that expertise regarding digital, um, the the what, what what are the three acronyms again? CX, GA, and SEO. You got it. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: it. Yeah, so I think um, the, the easiest way is to go to the website, which is Loyalist dot com, L-O-Y-A-L-E-S-T dot com. Um, or just connect with me on LinkedIn and just let me know in the messages that you know you heard the podcast because that's always good to know how people want to connect with you because I do sometimes ignore yeah. connection requests because you just don't know, you know, is it is there a value in connecting? Um both ways. So yeah, let me know and um that's probably the easiest way, yeah. LinkedIn or Loyalist.com.
1: Oh, cool. I'll put them on my website so people can click through anyway. So that's really good. Thank you so much for today, Mel. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I wish you and the family um, a lot of love and safety over the next couple of weeks, months, whatever it is that we're (laughs) confronted with. But having people like you around me helps because um, combining conversation with uh, excitement and Um, an attitude that it's all possible and achievable um, is i'm very very grateful so thank you for your time today
0: yeah right back at you i think that's as important it's to, to be connected and to be having conversations is probably more pertinent than ever right if we're all working from home yeah and um you know keeping i think i read something this week talking about social what is it social distancing it's actually not social distancing physical distancing over it's physical distancing, uh, but keep socialising. So yeah, I like
1: it. agree. Okay. Cheers, Mal. Thanks, JC. Thank you for listening. I would love for you to subscribe, tell others about the show, and share with them the insights you gain to help you and your team. Until next time, keep smiling.